Yes, sir. Yes, sir. What's How up? you doing? How you doing today, man? I am great. How are you? Any day I wake up breathing, I consider that a good one. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I'm Digger Jones. Two Gun Tony is out on assignment. And this is Digging Two Guns News and Views. And tonight I have a very, very special guest tonight. I want you to introduce yourself. All right. How y'all doing? How y'all doing? Welcome back. This is Ray Jean Lewis, a.k.a. the host of Real Talk with Rajan, sports, music, politics, you name it, we'll discuss it. And I'm just glad to be a guest, a guest tonight. Thank you for having me, bro. No problem. No problem. So it's been a while since you've been on the show, over a year. So why don't you why don't you tell the viewers what you were doing? Well, listeners, not viewers. Listeners, what you were doing in due time. Oh, man, what have I been doing? A lot. Um, Real Talk with Rajan, you know, for those who don't know, Real Talk with Rajan is a podcast that I do, um, both audio and visual. Um, every Sunday night, or every other Sunday night, I do sports, music, politics, current events. Um, and then um, on Wednesday nights, I do my local celebrity spotlights where I interview people in the community who are doing great work. Um, I, anybody, anyone from people who are starting nonprofit organizations to youth groups to business owners to event people who are having events coming up, pretty much anybody, even politicians, anybody who's, who wants to come on and talk about what they're doing, I give them a platform and an opportunity to, to have a real discussion about what they're doing and let the people in the community know who they are. Yeah. Um, and it, yeah. Um, no, I was going to say, this man is the prime example of charity starts at home because all the things that he does for the community, the most valuable thing that you can give is your time because you're a family man, you know, at that, you know, got a wife, five kids, and not only that, a full-time job. Yeah. yeah but one yeah. thing that I respect about him, when I say him, I mean you. One thing I respect yeah. about you is every Friday night, I know that's off limits because, you know, that's date night. Yeah. Even when you got in today from Washington, we'll talk about that in a minute, when you got in mm-hmm. today from Washington, even I said, hey, look, I would like you to be on the podcast, but I understand, you know, you got family obligations, you know, that come first. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So, but, you know, how do you balance and maintain you know the family life the job and you know everything else in general because you have a lot on your plate a lot of times yeah that that can definitely be difficult um you know managing all those things at one time you know between the nonprofit that i run i'm the executive director of uh, low country youth services um which is a a youth development organization which works with you know young people and tries to create programming to help them become positively engaged and pretty much help them get the things that they need in life to be successful but um, with between that, you know, my job, job, um, and you know, everything else is really hard to, to keep a balance. I'm very big on putting things into my schedule. Um, and there's certain times that my wife makes sure that I, you know, I block off for the family. Um, so you know, Friday nights, like you said, are date night. Um, and then Sundays are normally dedicated to family and football. So that, that's really the main thing for me is just making sure that I, I do keep. That, the promises that I that I have to my family because they do come before everything else. I got you. I got you. And hey, Rajan, you see somebody else just joined us, correct? Yeah. Xavier has been dying to do a show with you for the long. Oh, time. whoa! What up, Jack? <laughs> what up? What up? What up? What up? Ladies and <laughs> gentlemen, I have two guests on the show. We have Rajan introduce himself. X Jack, you're on the board. What up? What up, man? Radical Jack. You already know what it is, man. Check me out on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, any major streaming podcasting site at Radical Jack's Views. You know, you're the host with the most. Nemo host, Ringo Mandingo, all kinds of names. 
All right. <laughs> Kobe Stan Kanye hater. <laughs> All right. So speaking of Kobe, the first thing that I wanted to talk about tonight was I know it's been almost a week since Kobe's passing, and it's yeah. so funny because even with it being a week, his name is still a big topic in conversation and so on and so on and so on. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to ask both of y'all, starting with Rajon first, where were y'all when y'all heard the news and how did it affect you at first? Yeah, so we were actually at a family gathering. Um, you know, we had decided as a family we wanted to start getting together uh, once a quarter. So we were actually at my grandma's house um, and my kids were in the back playing and I was actually in the back room working on a paper for my, my master's degree that I'm, I'm, I'm working on right now. Congratulations. And my daughter, oh, praise God. Once I finish it, I'll I, I say congratulations right now. I just need prayers. Um, (laughs) um, but, uh, I was in the back working, um, daughter who actually played high school basketball, um, came in the house and she's like, dad, um, I just read that Kobe died. I'm like, that can't be true. Um, so she said, I said, well, where'd you see it? She said, well, I saw it on Twitter. Um, TMZ is reporting it. I think she said TMZ was reporting it. Either, it was either TMZ or the shade room that she's T- on. Yeah, TMZ got um, the story first. Yeah, TMZ dropped yeah. it first. Yeah. So she saw it. So I was like, nah, that, that, that's probably not right. So I was like, let me check ESPN. ESPN didn't have it. Um, and so, you know, as, as time went on and then more, you know, credible sources started picking it up. And then they announced that it, it was, it happened. I, I, I was sort of shook because, and I guess, you know, I, I don't want to go too far in it because I know, you know, we want to make sure we spread it around. But I was never a big Kobe fan. So I I never thought that him passing or anybody, you know, that I didn't really care for, you know, as a player um, <coughs> would impact me. But then when I heard his daughter was in the, in the vehicle. Right, right. Um, as, as a father of, of four daughters and as someone who has, you know um, – coached his daughter in basketball and taking those long rides and knowing that relationship that it has, like that broke my heart. And I really broke out into tears right there. So I, I guess I'll stop there because I know we want to make sure that, you know, Jack, Jack, as, as the resident Kobe stand, gets his opportunity to, to speak on it. Right. Uh, Jack, you next. Uh, well, uh, for one, I, I, I heard about it on my birthday. Right. <laughs> so for the rest of my life, every year I will be reminded by nobody else myself I will always know that my guy passed away on my birthday right. which is kind of cool I guess because we're in it's like it connects us in some kind of way I guess that's a that's the way that people keep trying to tell me to look at it and not be sad about it but uh yeah I uh, actually woke up and one of my best friends called me and she's a diehard Laker fan too <clears throat> and she didn't even know it was my birthday she just called me and was like are you okay and I was like yeah I'm a little hungover but I mean you know I got a lot of stuff going on today and she's all like yeah so did you hear and I was like yeah it's my birthday of course I heard <laughs> and she was like nah Kobe died and when she said it I was just like who cause I was like I ain't got no friends named Kobe I don't know that <laughs> and then she started crying and she was just like yeah he died in a helicopter and I was like oh okay that's fake like, yeah, Kobe dies in a helicopter accident. Cool. Like, whatever. And then when she said TMZ said it, I definitely thought it was fake because I was like, man, TMZ, they just look for, you know, whatever. Somebody hacked their post, and then it just started rolling in, and I just started crying right then. I got off the phone with her first, 
And then once I got off the phone with her, I started scrolling through Twitter and, and everything, and I just broke down. It was bad. Yeah, it was, for, a real, it was a real bad day for me, man. Like, for, really bad. But for me, when I first read it, like everybody else, I read it off of TMZ. When you read the TMZ article, it sounded fake. It said Kobe Bryant dies in a helicopter at 41. Everybody else on board did, too. And I was like, who would write a headline like that? So I was thinking her page got hacked because I went to Google and I typed in Kobe's name and TMZ was the only one reporting his death. So I'm just like, okay, well, this has to be something that's fabricated. So I got a TMZ alert to my phone. Don't ask why I get TMZ alerts. Uh, I, I wish I could answer. I wish we got to question you. We got to question you now. You're a chatty patty. <laughs> so, I, I don't know why. Tim, the Tim, TMZ alert came to my phone. I'm like, all right, cool. It's whatever. So when it said New York Times, I knew it was real. And the thing about it is Kobe has kept my team, which is, a, I'm a Spurs fan, out the Western Conference Finals for so long that you couldn't help but respect his athleticism. So I looked at it not as a Spurs fan, but as a human being, somebody just lost their life. And I, yeah. I'm 37, so he's only a few years older than I am. <clears throat> so I looked at it in that aspect like a mother lost her son, you know. Yeah. yeah. Some daughters lost their father. And like Rajan said, once I found out that his daughter was on board, it was one of those moments that, you know, I had my daughter for the weekend and it was just like you know, my I just had a situation with my daughter, said daughter, that just happened prior that week. And I'm just like, you know, you just got to love your children a little bit more, even though this is something that we should be doing daily. Right. You just got to sit there and, you know, love your children anymore. And we're all fathers of daughters. all three yeah. of us. So it just, you know, impacts you more when your daughter's with you. Yeah. It's funny you say that, too, man, because I, I didn't have my daughter for that day. I actually right. I had right. dropped her off the night before. Cause I celebrated my birthday that Saturday. Right. And, you know, I was just, I told her mom, I was like, yeah, you know, this weekend is going to be short, but I canceled all my birthday plans that day. I didn't do nothing. I just went and hung out with my daughter for the rest of the night. I called in the work and I just went over there and I just hung out with my daughter. Cause I was just like, bro, like, I don't know. And I think, you know, it's like a a generational gap, you know what I'm saying? Like you guys are older. So Mm -hmm. y'all are looking at it, you know, at a more of a, you know, a father lost his daughter and, Everybody my age, we looking at it like, bro, my hero died. Like, yeah, right, like, right. I'm like, man, it sucks that Gianna's gone too. But like, my hero, my my dude that I love fighting for, you know, what I'm saying this He's guy that didn't taught me all kinds of stuff. I didn't bought so much Kobe stuff. Like, it's it's ridiculous. I like when I say I'm a stand, and Rajon knows I go on them posts and I would. <laughs> I am irrational. Uh, I know <laughs> irrational oh, I know. arguments. Like I don't care. So oh, I know <laughs> that it it hurts so bad, man. Oh my goodness! And then to but, see these people posting like stupid shit. So many people got deleted. It's just nah. No, but uh, yeah. another thing about it is, you know, with Kobe's death, that bought in, you know, everybody posting, you know, dad of girls, so on and so on. Now, I'm guilty of this. Because I don't post my children that much. I think it's more so because they're older and a lot of them, you know, value their privacy and I value their privacy as well. But you notice everybody who we didn't even know had kids started posting, you know, dad of girls or active father and so on and so on. Why does it take a person's death 
to get people to do what they're supposed to be doing. And another example of that is when Nipsey Hussle died, everybody's talking this financial legacy, you know, build, build one, teach one, so on and so on. Why does it take somebody to die before people open their eyes on things that should have already opened their eyes, you know, things that they should have already opened their eyes to. I, I think, well, for me personally, I don't, I don't post my daughter because people are weird. And, and I know that there, I had, I personally know people who take pictures, like who've had their, their kids pictures taken and like put on somebody else's profile or, you know, even when you see people like some stupid games on Facebook where it's like, oh, what are your kids going to look like? And then they'll post somebody's random kid on there. You know, just weird stuff like that. I just don't like to post my real life on the internet. So if you see me post my kid on there, most of the time it's something her mom has already put out there. So I'll just take that. Right. But, you know, since the whole, when, when L Duncan did the whole girl dad thing, I was like, man, that's, that's, that, that hit home. And I started crying again. And I was like, bet. I was like, I'm gonna do this for Kobe. So I found a picture of me and my daughter, and I was just like, girl, dad. Man, with the whole Nipsey, uh, honestly, man, I, I think sometimes people want to do things, and then a death, it, it, it like it, it hits some kind of trigger in your body, where you're like, okay, now I really have to do it because this person's gone. So it makes you feel like. Life is, is it makes you like grasp that whole like life is too short concept. And when somebody dies, it makes you think about it that much more. So then now you want to jump the gun and you really want to get on it because you're right. thinking like, okay, if this person that I'm following, you know, they passed away, like, I don't know when my time is. So let me stop bullshitting and like, let's, let's go ahead and do it because my life can end just like theirs. Right. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely think there's something to what you what you just said. You know, all the way around. Um, I, I guess I go back to the beginning about the you know the girl dad thing. Um, no, nope, before I even talk about that, I'll, I'll talk about it as a whole, and then I'll go into micro. So I'll do macro and then micro. All right, so macro. Um, people like riding waves, man. Like that's that's something we like. If, if you talk about social media, social media is just a bunch of people riding whatever wave. They're deciding to what ride, and sometimes that ride, that wave is, is set, you know, because something traumatic, something tragic happens. Absolutely. You know, something like a passing. You know, something like um, Trayvon Martin. You know, when Trayvon passed, you know, everybody started wearing the hoodies to show, you know, like I too am Trayvon Martin. You know, it, it could have been any of us. So I think in that way, you know, social media has that kind of um, galvanizing effect on people in a way that that not a lot of things before it have. Um, so, so you see movements that happen on social media, but you also see that those movements don't last a lot of times, and a lot of them are really surface value. So when you have something like these types of things, it's not really about what are people doing when it comes to social media. It's more about what kind of actions are they taking to make sure that that's not a moment, but it's a movement. Absolutely. Um, and, and a lot of these things become moments, and then they go back to the nonsense that they were doing beforehand if they change their life at all. Now, if a, mo- if, a, if, a, if a moment like that, if, if 10% of the people who, who never, you know, let's say, let's say we have 500 people, let's say we have a million people who, you know, post girl dad, right? And let's say 10% of those people are people who didn't have a relationship with their child before. Kobe dies. They realize I need to have a relationship with my kid. And they decide I'm going to form a relationship with my child because life is too short. Then it was all worth it. Right. It was all worth it. Um, 
because that's ten. That's ten percent. You know, that, that's what ten percent of of a million. That's what a hundred thousand. That's a hundred thousand people. That's a hundred thousand kids who now have a father in their life who wouldn't have otherwise. Um, same thing with um, Nipsey. You know, if, if you talk about you know financial literacy and, and, and preparing and buying the block or whatever Nipsey dying meant to you, even if you didn't, even if you're one of that you know that percentage of people who didn't know who Nipsey knew who Nipsey Hustle was before he died, but then you hopped on the wave and you became. Uh, a, 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 a quick fan, a bandwagon fan of it, but you decided to financially change your life because of the, the spark, you know, that came from Nifty Dying. It's worth it. But we gotta realize that that, that at the end of the day, it, it is a it is a wave. Okay, these oh, are definitely. all waves, and, and and like 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 you know, it's it, it's cool. Um, when, talking about the girl dad thing, you know, I I guess you know you guys talk about not posting the kids. I post my kids a lot. Well, you know, I was about to say that when it was my turn. Yeah, I post my kids a lot because one, uh, that I mean that that's me. I, I'm I'm the same person. No, no matter where. If you see me at church, you see me at uh, a town hall meeting. You see me with my kids at, with my nonprofit kids. You see me with my personal kids. I'm the same person, and my social media really reflects what my life is. And a lot of people look at that and they're like, "That's kind of weird." But I'm like, "Nah," because this is I what think it that is. What I use say, "You know who you are." I think that's totally absolutely. Crazy. You know, like, and and my family, like my family, like a lot of I, the reason I got on social media in the first place. And I guess this sort of veers a little bit off, but it's, it's still on track. The reason I got on social media in the first place was because I had a friend that got killed, that that died. He, he committed suicide. He died of drug overdose. Right, and um. I wasn't on social media and I tried to look him up because this is a friend. He was like my best friend growing up. And um, I hadn't talked to him in maybe 10, 15 years. Right. And I looked him up to try to find information about him. And the first thing that came up was his Facebook page. And I was like, dang, I, I might've been able to help him. I might've been able to talk to him. I may have been able to have a conversation with him if it was that. So since getting on social media, there's been a lot of things that have happened, but a lot of my family members who who can who know what my kids look like and you know those whole things they know because of, of my social media. Right. Mm. You know what I mean? I met I actually met my sister, um, my sister who my father had you know outside of wedlock right after he had me, um, he had my sister and she never lived close to me. I met her because of Facebook. Absolutely. So like. I it, it it's a totally different way of looking at it, but I definitely understand like the weird stuff that can happen with social media. There are a lot of people who take social media and they make it to be something that it shouldn't be. They use it to tear down. They use it to denigrate. They use it to do bad things to people. And I just try to weed that stuff out as much as I possibly right, can. Right, right. Facts. Yeah. So one thing about me is, like I said, you know, I stated earlier a situation happened with my daughter a couple well last. Yeah, we'll just say a couple of weeks ago. And there was a lot of people who called me and just said, hey, look, there's a girl online with your last name who's a runaway. I said, yeah, that's my daughter. And people's like, well, I didn't know you had a daughter. You don't post her. So on and so mm-hmm. on. And it's not the fact that I don't post my kids, you know, for the sake of not posting them. For those who know me personally, Rajan, you know me personally, right? Yeah. How often yep. do I call my kids? I imagine you call them a lot. How often am I with my kids, whether it be step or... Oh, well, you're with the kids all the time. If you see me, you see a child, no yeah. matter what. Yeah, That's the kind of person I am. So I didn't, like Rajan said, the whole wave riding thing, you know, I understand everybody's doing the girl dad thing. That's incredible. That's awesome. But I know some of these people personally who hasn't seen their children 
in years and you're perpetrating mm-hmm. you know a good facade on you know facebook instagram right, or on right. so on. and i didn't <laughs> want to sit there and as rajan said ride the wave post me and my daughters because you know I feel like I'm copying everybody else. But then again, uh-huh. any moment, like Rajan said, anytime you see something that I post on social media where I'm wearing a chain or so on and so on and so on, Rajan, how many times have you seen me physically outside of work where I'm not wearing jewelry? I don't think I've ever seen you that's who, not wearing because jewelry. That's, <laughs> because that's who I am. Man, I yeah. hate jewelry. <laughs> but that's who I am. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's who I am. So, you know, the whole financial literacy thing with Nipsey Hussle, the only thing that, you know, that made me do was I said, you know what? If I'm going to buy a house or if I'm going to do this, I do need to fix my credit. It did motivate me in a good way to want to better myself financially. And, you know, I'm not ashamed to say this. My credit score went from a 580 to a 770. Nice. Good. Because I'm learning how to, you know, dispute what shouldn't be on my credit report so on and so on and so on right but you know i don't call that riding a wave i call that you know getting educated on something that i wouldn't have thought about otherwise yeah you know i uh i can't i don't know man the whole nipsey thing i i guess it's just because i've never been a fan of his i never i never i never saw it as that big of a move Everybody who posted about Nipsey, I legit thought like was just a wave rider. Right, I only know right. one person out of every friend that I ever had. I only know one guy that would actually be like pass the ox and put on Nipsey. Well, one mm, thank and, you. And <laughs> and to see to see everybody, oh Nipsey, oh man, the marathon continues. I was like, shut, shut up, shut <laughs> up. You you didn't know nothing about that marathon, nothing. I ain't know nothing about the marathon. I knew he was a rapper, and I thought he was subpar. Like, you know, what I'm I, I thought what see, I, I, I didn't know, like I had heard of him because I think he was on, he either was on a TDE project or he was on a slaughterhouse project that I heard. But like, as far as like listening to Nipsey, I, I didn't know anybody that was like, yo, check out Nipsey. Like, but I'm but also from South Carolina. But that's, so, who, that's who I, am. I know, man. I know people yeah. from Cali. I know people I, from New York. I know people from everywhere. Ain't nobody in my friends list <laughs> ever said, yo, turn on Nip, except for one guy. <laughs> so when I seen all this outpour and all this love, I was like, fam. And even now, I've gone to parties and argue with people like Nipsey wasn't that great because dudes be out here. And, you know, I think you guys are blessed <laughs> to be as old as y'all are, honestly. And it's only like a, a few years, but y'all are blessed because when you got people yeah. my age – I swear to y'all, everybody this age is like borderline, no, like either you're intelligent or you're just dumb as hell. There's no middle ground anymore because yeah. you got dudes that are really <laughs> like, oh man, Nip, man, that was, that's pop. That's pop. And I'm like, bro, what are you talking about? Like, I don't even like Tupac, but what, what are you saying? I've asked dudes, what's your favorite Nipsey song? Well, the Victory Lap album is fire. What's your favorite song? I don't care about the album. Oh, nigga, you you don't even know what you man. You over here trying to you trying to play me, bro. Like I don't ride with Nip. You can't tell me one song that you like. You can't give me no bars, nothing. But he's he's. I always tell people give me. I always tell people give me your best. If 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 I'm gonna listen to this artist, give me your best verse. Give me the best <laughs> verse. Like tell me, digger. When you tell me about what do, what do, what do we always start when 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 you say Rajan listen to this album? What do you always say? 
What? Yo, listen to this song uh, that, and then listen to the rest of it. That's, and that's one thing. Well, here's the thing. That's how I learned how to speak to Rajan because I made a mistake and sent him a Jamie Foxx CD. <laughs> yes, you did. Yes, you did. Wait, which one? Because two of them was hot. The other one was uh, exactly two of them were hot, it was, it was, but not was, that one. It was, it was his, it was his best last night of my life. That was terrible. It was the last best night of my life. That was the one. It was the last one that he did, and I said, "Rajan, listen to this Jamie Fox." And Rajan, from that point on, said, "Look, if you want me to listen to anything that you send me." Send me a song first, and then tell me to listen to the rest yeah, of the album. Yeah, because best so, night of my life was terrible. So, <laughs> so what I did was, so what I do is any like for instance, I put Rajan on to Kendrick Lamar. Yes, you did. And I told Rajan, "Hey, look," because it was as a matter of fact the first time I met Rajan physically, because we were doing the Hip Hop Shop Awards, and I said, yeah. "Look." I'm going to give this person best new artist, but I suggest you listen to him because this guy is the truth and he's going to be the next big thing. And it was Section 80, as a matter of fact. Yeah. And Rajan said he listened to that like six times in a row. <clears throat> yeah, I did. So I really, really did. So, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. To, in, in fact, I, I'll, even give you, I'll even give you another layup. You, um, you put me on to Kendrick Lamar. You also put me on to Frank Ocean. That's true and logic. Hey, but you know what? For, oh, yeah. wait, pause before we even dive into that. <laughs> um, I just had to reject my statement earlier. I said Kanye hater. I meant K dot. I don't know why my brain said Kanye. You're a K dot hater. He is. Yeah, both, both of y'all know. I I I thought I, you knew that Rajan. Hold on, hold on. Whoa. But what, hold on, Rajan. Wait. Let me, I think Rajan knew, but I think he forgot. Let me let me let me call forgot. let me call you out, Xavier. Apple music, <laughs> Apple music has this thing where you can see what your friends have been listening to. Uh oh, uh oh. And and one week, this man listened to four Kendrick CDs and thought it would be under my radar. Uh, hey, look, man. Let me tell you something, man. Uh, <laughs> let me tell you something, man. I was going through. I didn't listen. I was going through these out al- these these albums. And I was looking for something that I couldn't find it. That's all. So I don't says. remember. What, I don't remember what I was looking for. That sounds real. That sounds real alternative facts to me. <laughs> so, 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 I'm, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do this for you really quickly. I'm gonna do this for you really quickly. Name a bad Kendrick Lamar album. Uh, you're childish. <laughs> no, 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 no. Go ahead. No, no, do it. No, do it. No, do it. Oh, name, okay. name a bad Kendrick Lamar album. A B.A.D.? Uh, I can't do that. I can't do bad. Oh, okay. I can oh, say okay. an okay right. album, but I can't do actually. Damn. No, no, no. He, that's, he doesn't. But that's the thing. He doesn't have an okay album. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. He, doesn't. he does not gonna, have an okay album. You know, the funny thing. I was gonna say to Pimp a Butterfly, but like that album is 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 fire. So exactly. Honestly, look, man. My thing with uh, next subject. Let's talk about logic. No, no, no. logic. No, 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 no. Kendrick, we're gonna stay right there. I got so, 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 listen. So Kendrick Lamar, right? Kendrick Lamar has released what five projects? Correct. I like that. Uh, all of them, all of them are at least a four point five. That's correct. All know. of them are at least a three point five. No, all. What is three point five? The untitled, the untitled unknown, or whatever? untitled unmastered. No, let me tell you about untitled that's unmastered. Not an actual album. Let me tell you about untitled unmastered. 
Untitled Unmastered was better than some people's full-length albums that year. Sure was. Damn. Okay. Yeah, for that reason alone, I guess you could steal with the, the four. No, no, no. Uh, not for that reason alone. Not, <laughs> not for that reason alone. Those songs are throwaways from The Pimple Butterfly. Yes, they are. When your throwaways are... Okay, let's say you say that's a 3.5. When your throwaways are 3.5... Throw away. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Dude, when your outtakes are better than people's whole album. Facts. Facts. Come on, man. Come that's on, a, man. And that's a big word because you say it throwaways. Like these really were songs where he was just like, Yeah, here you go. It's like, yeah. I don't even want to name them. Are you guys just right. getting... <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want to name them. Here you go. Just and that, and that <laughs> album still ran. And it still ran. Like that's crazy. And you know what's so, so funny? Like, you know what's so funny? Do you know yeah. that was the first EP in almost 20 years that debuted number one on the Billboard charts? Damn. Look it up, please. Okay, well, on a positive Kendrick note, my favorite all song... My... <laughs> all of, all, all, you know, my favorite Kendrick song is the, is the Heart Part 4. That's the song that made me stop disrespecting him. Because oh, yeah. I thought... Cause you know he's always talk shit to everybody. I'd be like, "K dot this, K dot that." Like, yeah, he's good, but his voice is trash. Or, yeah, he's good, but he just wants to be—I don't know. I used to tell people he wanted to he be, wants to be the greatest rapper of all time. <laughs> that's what he wants to be. That's, that's what he wants to be. And I'm gonna—and I'm gonna go ahead. I'm, I'm gonna hop out on this legend. And I think I told Dig already, Bruh, Kendrick is probably one album away from being the greatest rapper of all time. He said that of all time. <clears throat> I agree with yeah. that too. Like, yeah. like, like yeah. Jay Z. Kendrick can make one more album and never rap again and be the greatest rapper of all time. I agree. Honestly, I don't think he has to rap again. He can never rap again. And we can still say... But, you know, one thing about... Hopefully I want him to rap again, though. One thing about Kendrick that I will say is he lives every rapper's dream. Nas said on Hate Me Now, most acclaimed writer, Pulitzer Prize winner. Kendrick really has... It was a lie. That was a lie. (laughs) Kendrick... Kendrick really has a pull. Can we surprise. can we only talk about good rappers, please? Nas is a great Whoa. rapper. Whoa, he's, he's a great lyricist. Whoa, I'm not gonna say he's Whoa. a great rapper, but he's a great lyricist. You Whoa, got Rajan, he's young. It doesn't matter. That's not an excuse. That's not an excuse. <laughs> That's like a sports you debate. Nas, you, can't, you don't you think can't. Nas is a great? You don't think Nas is a great rapper? Lyricist. Granted, Nas does have some bad albums. He has bad albums. He's not a bad. He's not a. He, he's a great rapper though. Nas is terrible ear for beats. Not Nas's ear for beats is trash. That's, that's Nas's biggest hyper thing. trash. That's true. Hyper trash. He, he also lies a lot in his songs. That's which true makes, too. Makes it really difficult. Well, yeah, to, I to can't. You know, like saying he's not authentic. He doesn't know how to pick beats. He he lost to Jay. I don't want to hear it. That's just my opinion. That's no, he did a, lose to Jay. Because he did lose the Jay. Because Ether, Ether is dope, but it's full of lies. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. He did lose the yeah. Jay. That's true. He, I mean, he lost the Jay. Like, like if you, if you if you look at oh, he lost in the long run too because yeah. he Jay Z signed him. Like, you're my son. Yeah, that that that. Yeah. <laughs> you're my son. Don't to like yo. Come get this else. money. I'm I'm gonna help you get this money, Nas. Come over <laughs> here and let me help you. Yeah, you you yeah. <laughs> so yeah. to me, Nas is the is the he's just the most overhyped person because his first album was so ahead of his time like everybody just put him on this thing and i'm just like bro Nas has never really been that was his downfall though that guy he's been the one dude who's he's basically a guy who's trying to beat his his old self like that's all he's he's al bundy 
that's, Al Bundy. That's the same thing. He had that four touchdowns in high school. <laughs> that's the same thing that happened with Dre, and that's why I say, well, I agree with um, Rajon. Kendrick is one of the best of all time because how do you every top, album? How do you top Section Eighty? You release Good Kid, Mad City. Good Kid, now, Mad City. But here's is the thing, though. When I thought Good Kid, Mad City was at the top of the mountain, he took me to the moon. Yep. With to pimp a, um, yep. to pimp a butterfly. Yep. So here's the yep. thing. I'm like, this guy could possibly have no more to say. And then he released Damn. And I was like, yeah. damn. <laughs> yeah. And the crazy thing about Damn is, right, so Damn was just him showing off. Because everybody was like, yo, he can, he, yeah. he can you know, do, they he say can he do, do, like he can do super lyrical stuff, but he can't give you any hits. And Damn was just running. <clears throat> Damn, yeah, Damn was, Damn was, you put, you take Usain Bolt, right, out of, out of the hood and put him in the Olympics. And they say, oh, you can't run in the Olympics. And he breaks a record every year. That nice. was Damn. That's fast. That's true. I just think I think Good Kid, Mad City is still his best project overall. I, I think Good Kid, Mad City because of I just think Good Kid, Mad City like and this is as a person who did not like Kendrick and I didn't appreciate Good Kid, Mad City when it came out. I didn't appreciate that album until last year. No, but here's the, the thing. album is so intricate with the story, with the way that the album is is put together. Like it's just so amazing to me that this guy did this with music. X Jack, I'm gonna tell you like this: as you get older, you're going to appreciate his stuff more. Yeah, because yeah, once you get older, you get different ears, a different set of ears. So it's just like how I used to hate Raekwon's "Only Built for Cuban Links" album, but as I am 37 now, it hits <laughs> on a different level. And the thing about Kendrick that is so incredible is depending on your mood his albums are interchangeable for your favorite Kendrick album yeah yeah there are weeks where it's good kid mad city for me and then the following week it's damn and then the following week you know what I mean like it's very very interchangeable with Kendrick Lamar and that's what makes him one of the best rappers of all time facts now we (laughs) did (laughs) you think which one I think Pimp Butterfly is my favorite, my favorite, my favorite album. Absolutely, yeah, my favorite one. So I want to go on with the show. I know we got mad off topic with that one. Oh, are yeah. we good? Yeah, we cooking. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, uh, I did want to. I just want to hear this this logic thing real quick. <laughs> okay, logic. well let's 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 stop let's stop at the logic pit stop for about five minutes. <laughs> no, what I'm saying is. I put Rajon onto logic. You definitely on the logic. So the thing about it is, it was another time we were doing the hip hop shop awards, and I said, "Hey, look, I'm not certain if you heard this album, but this is my forerunner for best new artists and CD yeah. of the year." Yeah. And the thing about it is, Rajon listened to it, and I didn't hear from Rajon for about a week. I was in New Jersey at the time. I didn't hear from him for about a week. And I remember texting him, what did you think about, you know, the Logic album? Mm-hmm. And he and he calls, and he, we had about a 40-minute conversation about this one said CD. I hope it's uh, <laughs> that, that first album he did. It was his first album, yes. It was the first album. Yeah, yeah that album was incredible. Well, here's <laughs> that the, album was incredible. I think the second album was dope, too. The honestly. second album was good. But he's suffering the same fate that Nas is suffering. You can release a great first album, but you can't top it. 
Well, you know, I don't think the problem was topping it or or, or showing that he has skills. I because I honestly like I laughed, but I thought Logic was up next. I thought this dude was about to be a god. I really did. I oh, thought Logic oh. was. I thought he was about to be a god out here, and I was like, bro, like this dude's nice. But I don't know who slapped him in his head and was like, hey, buddy, remember you're mixed. You should probably put that in your album and tell hey, everybody. About you're mixed. Like I know all you I know you have like two or three good mixtapes and you got two albums out and nobody gives a fuck because they just respect you. But nah, tell people you're half black, half white, and then let them know you can say nigga, and then tell them how depressed you are. You're going to see the yeah. stars. <laughs> and Logic I, I don't know what happened. like I don't know what happened to Logic. Like <clears throat> It's 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 like he started. It felt it feels like in the beginning he was good with who he was, right? And then somewhere down the line he felt like he had to prove to people who he was, right? And yeah. that changed his music and it changed everything. And so then you start getting songs like the the one eight hundred oh my god hotline numbers, which is like. And then he started trying to reach. And he started reaching. Like he started. Is he on Atlantic? Uh, no, he's on Def Jam. He's on Def Jam. Okay. He started reaching for like pop, pop songs. Right. And I never like that. We talk about Jay Z, and I don't want I don't want to hear. But we always talk about Jay Z. Like Jay Z, you can tell when Jay Z was reaching for a pop to, to, for something to cross, and when Jay Z was doing what he did, and it came to him. Okay, well, and Jay, Volume Jay One was always good at that. Some of yeah. Volume One, Jay was reaching. Absolutely, but you know when I talk about Volume One, Volume One is one of my favorite rap albums ever. But the songs that I don't like are the ones that are obvious attempts at reaching to get that one, to get that hit. That's why I you know, respect you, Volume 2 so much, because the thing about it is he said, wait a minute, this album wasn't really me. Let's go back to, <clears throat> you know, the street. But here's the thing about Volume 2. Not only did he go back to, you know, where he was, but he was going for commercial appeal. Uh-huh. Jay even said, you know, on, what was it, uh, Moment of Clarity. I wanted to rhyme like common sense, but I sold five mil, and I haven't been rhyming yeah, like rapping common sense. Common sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then, but he also had he also. I mean, but he still had those reaches. Like you know, he had um anything with with um with Usher, which was a clear reach. Now, of course, he tried to but do it. His no, way. no, 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 no. Let me explain that. He was just coming out of retirement. He was having fun. Are you talking about Kingdom Come? Yeah. Yeah, Any, but, that whole album to me is just Jay Z. Like I'm out of retirement, and I just need to see what the people are gonna say. Because Kingdom, honestly, what did he, what did what did he do eight months after Kingdom Come? American Gangster. And he showed everybody and, I'm still here. Exactly. <laughs> Kingdom Come is also very slept on. It is. Yeah. It is. It is. It's slept me, on. It's, you know, no, it's, it took me. Oh, it took me almost ten years to come to that conclusion that it's slept on. I don't know. I just listened to it. I just listened to it like two days ago, and I was just like, "Man, I don't know." Again, show me what you got is insane. Is it? Show me what you got is insane, Mama. I made it. Minority Report. Minority Report. Beach chair. Dig a hole. Dig a hole. Thirty um, something is 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 live. Thirty something, like bruh, like that. I guess you know. This is one. This may be one that getting older is gonna help you with. And, and that's that's not a knock to your age. No, not at all. Certain things you got to experience to appreciate. Oh, lost like, ones. Like, 
Yeah, like lost. Lo- okay, one. lost ones is is fire. That uh, that song was fire to me when I was however old it was no, when that came lost out. Lost one has the best. <laughs> op- lost ones has the best opening J line. So motherfucker said that they made ho. Oh, how do you word it? Um, I heard somebody say that they made ho. They made ho. That's okay. So make another one. Make another ho. Niggas been wouldn't play in a day role. We part of ways like Ben and J Lo. Dang, I heard that in a while. I gotta listen to that again. But um, well, I mean, I mean, one thing I want to oh. say is, with age comes, I wouldn't say musical responsibility, but with age comes musical understanding that once you go through some life shit, it begins to make sense. Fact. Lines hit you different. Lines that's, hit you differently. That's fact. Matter of fact, Jay has a line. Jay has a line that that you don't that until you go through it, it makes no sense. So my favorite Jay Z song is and I know we, we this was not the you know Jay Z topic. Lucky me, like lucky me, you know it. I know so my favorite line, my favorite line. They'll see you in the street, pretend to be phony, but I know any. Oh, sorry, see you in the street, pretend to be friendly, but I know any type of success breeds envy. I know in the back of your mind, you conjuring ways of envy. Leave my friends in a circle, poor not henny, but Jesus, heaven bound. So how I'm gonna receive anything you pour to the ground next time? Throw it up, and ain't nothing changed. Cause even in my afterlife, I throw it up. Don't grieve for me. My heart remains like a dog from speaking to your heart spiritually through a portal. Man, I'm telling you, like that, that entire thing there, like that, that entire thing there's like what, like they'll see you in the street, pretend to be friendly, but I know any type of success breeds envy. That's right. That line right there. That's that's real. That's real. No, but wait a minute. Another one. Until you until you live that, you don't understand like that. No. Yeah. Because everybody want to see you eat until you start eating. (laughs) <laughs> my, you know, you know what my line in Lucky Me was. Right. I hate all girls with interior motives. That's, That's why, why I'm twenty 30 plus senior plus years old. No son, <laughs> no, son, no, no daughter. daughter. Yep, that line there. Yeah, in, I hate to put my yeah, life. Yeah, unfortunately, I can't. Yeah, I wish. <laughs> no, no, but I, says, I used, I used to. Says, alter, I used to. Alter then he me. says, "Hit a hate in my voice, right? I hate that you notice that." Man, come on, man. No, but I used I used to alter the line because I used to say I hate all girls with interior motives. That's why I'm 30 plus senior, two sons, three daughters. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, man. I was on the I was on the street, but I think I put that in my life. You know, they say life and death is the power of the tongue. I told everybody since I was six years old, I'm having a kid when I'm 25. And I had a daughter at 26. So right. I think I definitely put that in whole life. So, <laughs> so what I'm going to go ahead and do now is I'm going to skip topic number three, which was, is January 2020? Has this been a toughest start to a year to date? Because, you know. I mean, no. that's a that's, good topic, though. That's cut for time. <laughs> <laughs> that's cut for time. But okay. I, I no. <laughs> you said no? Okay. Just for the record, no. Okay. <laughs> but what I for do me personally, yes. But yeah, but we can move on. <laughs> yeah. But what I do want to talk about is I do want to talk about the Grammys and Mesa's statements against Puff, who had a speech at the Grammy about Black excellence. Okay. So right, I need y'all to fill me in on that because okay, I have so, no idea. I have to look that up. Uh, I got y'all. I'll, I'll explain. So <clears throat> before the Grammys, you know, Clive Davis has a Grammy pre party, <clears throat> right? Yeah. So he had Puff speak at the Grammys. Well, his pre-party. And Puff was talking about, you know, no offense towards the Grammys, but, you know, we really can't be acknowledging the Grammys until more hip-hop and R&Bs put in. 
like I got the categories, so on and so on. I see what's nominated for album of the year. I see what's nominated for this. We need to talk about black excellence. We need our people to come out and support us in the Grammy committee, so on and so on and so on. So Mace heard that and Mace wrote Puffy a lengthy Instagram post. I will give you, I won't read the post, but basically saying, hey, look, you talk about black excellence and how artists should go for theirs. Let me be the first to start and just say, hey, look, do you think I can have my publishing? I tried to buy my publishing from you for $2 million. The same thing that you paid me 25 k for back when I was 19. Mm. You're, he says, as me being Bad Boy's biggest selling living artist, other than, you know, behind Puff, I think I should, you know, at least be able to buy my publishing. And the reason why I haven't bought my publishing yet is because, A, I wanted to gather the money first. And B, you know, wanted to be in a place where I could financially talk about this. Now that I'm financially good, I went to you last week with $2 million <coughs> to get my publishing. And you said, I want you to offer me the same thing that the European men are offering me. And then we can talk. Mm. Mm. Any takeaways, gentlemen? Well, Puffy's been a whole ass nigga time. So, you know, this doesn't really surprise me. You know, if you look at all of Puffy's artists, he screws all of them. Oh, absolutely. Every single one. Except for Biggie, which, you know, we can go back and forth about that whole thing. But Craig Mack, Total, Danny Kane, Day 26, Cassie, um, Mace, G-Dep, Black Rob, Lil' Kim, Lil' C. But Lil' Kim and Lil' C's weren't his artists. They they weren't his artists. Yeah, they were signed under um, Lance Unriviera. Okay, okay. And then uh, Faith Evans, was that his artist or no? Yes, yes. Okay. The Locks. You get the 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 trend, though. Everybody that's under Puffy, you get maybe two albums. After that, you ain't gonna be that big. You no, can't be bigger not, than my no, name. But do, do you know why that is though? Because he's a hoe. No, it's not that. It's not that. So let me just detail with Black Rob's first album. Who produced Black Rob's first album? Not executive produced, but who produced Black Rob's first album? I D Dot. The Hitman. D Dot, Stevie J. Stevie J and them. Lance, um, Lance Rivera, so on and so on. But if you notice the first two albums by each Bad Boy artist, or the first album by Bad Boy's artist, they were signed under the Hitmen, right? Yeah. Puffy had a strict rule with them. Look, you can't use outside publishing or outside producers when you're, you know, on the Bad Boy family. And why was that? Because you're going to talk to other artists, right? How's your publishing done? Oh, well, how much are you getting paid for this? How much do you pay for beats? Puffy was gouging his artists to buy beats from his producers, which the head of the production company was Diddy. So the money went back automatically to Diddy. Now, if I Does had to make him a hoe, look, I can't speak on a man's. <laughs> <laughs> but if I had Rajan signed to my label, and I knew I was doing dirty stuff to Rajan. I'm not going to have Rajan work with you, X-Jack, because you're going to be like, oh, well, I got paid for XYZ, and I got an overhead of XYZ, so I got XYZ budget for my records, and I got this budget so I could pay producers and so on and so on, and some producers will pay to work with me. 
Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. <clears throat> Rajon's not going to want to hear that because the first thing Rajon's going to do is come back and question me. Hey, look, you know, X-Jack got this set up. How come my setup is almost half his budget? Okay. That leads to too many questions. So the, the problem is this, right? So the problem is this. I'm just I think it, it, it comes back to, to this question. Are we to a place as a people where we're willing to accept black people doing us the exact same way that non-black people do us? Because if, if you, hold on, hold on, hold on. Because if you think about it, right, we can say, yeah, you know, <clears throat> take the point. All right, so two, $2 million. So Mace goes to Puffy and says, all right, I sold my publishing to you for $20,000. For 20, $20, I want to buy it from you for $2 million. If Mace goes to, if Mace was signed to Motown and Mace went to Motown with $2 million to buy back, back his publishing, is he getting his publishing back? Probably yeah. not. No, he no he's not. No, he's he not. Would. You know how I know he wouldn't? <clears throat> because guess who owned the publishing to the, to the Beatles records? Michael Jackson did. Michael Jackson. Do you know how Michael Jackson knew to buy the, the, the Beatles um, publishing? Paul McCartney. Because Michael Jackson learned from Paul McCartney the industry. He learned that from Paul McCartney. It comes to find out, so the Beatles stuff, royalties, their stuff goes into, um, into on the auction. Michael Jackson goes and buys the Beatles stuff. Do you think Michael Jackson was like, yo, you think Paul McCartney, Ken Michael Jackson was like, hey, can we buy, buy the publishing back? Yeah. Hell Do you no. think he sold it to him? Do you think he sold it to him? No. So we take that same situation and we put that, we, if you're in a situation where you lose your publishing, which means you, you signed a piece of paper saying, I'm signing away to my rights to my music. You are doing that you don't do that with an understanding that later on when I can, you know, sell it, when I can buy it back, that I can, I'm going to do it. You, like, I don't buy stuff with an with a intention of, of selling everything back. I, I get that point, but at the same time... That's business. It is no, business, no. but I feel like what Mike did, like, he did that because... I, I, I really feel they like Michael friends. Jackson was for black people. They, they were, were friends, friends, but Michael was black. I feel like Mike did that because he's a black man and he knew, like, let me let me do what I'm gonna do because he was about to buy Sony too. So you know what I'm saying, Mike. He was he owned a lot. He owned like part of Destiny Child and all that stuff. So I feel like him buying the Beatles was a was a was more of a black statement than it was a business statement. I feel like Mike did that to show like we can do it too. Whereas yeah. Puffy, if Rashawn, if me and you grow up together, or maybe we don't grow up together, but we went into business together. We started this together. I'm your yeah. boy. Yeah. I'm your yeah. I'm your right hand man. Don't yeah. treat me. Don't treat me like Jimmy. You know who you just who you just paid it. You know you paid him off and all of the. Don't treat me like that. I came here with you. So no, I want to. That's where you're wrong because Diddy and Mace didn't come up together. <laughs> I mean, Diddy actually <laughs> found Diddy actually found Mace through Jadakiss because he came recommended from Jadakiss because they were freestyling on the block. And did he ask everybody? Look, do y'all know any artists who could benefit being on the team? Do y'all know anybody who we can get appeal to? And of course, Jadakiss said, "Yo, there's a dude up the block, Murder Mace." But I feel like Mace is the reason that Diddy even had a whole '90s career after not Biggie really. died. I feel like Puffy really didn't have much going for him. Not, no, that's not true. Because Puffy had a label full of people, and did not only that, he had his 
production um, pro- um production crew. His production crew worked with the likes of Mariah Carey. They worked with the likes of Jodeci. They worked with the likes of Timberland, and you know, so on and so on. So Puffy was already straight. As a matter of fact, I think Puffy, what was it, ninety seven through ninety eight, made four hundred million dollars just on CDs and production. Well, hey, if I'm wrong, then hey, I take it back. But I, no, figured... I mean, but, it's, but the thing is, the thing is, it's 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 again, people go into business with a friendship mindset, and but, you can't. But there are no friends. In this, there's no friends yeah. in the industry. You can't. Biggie even said, "There's no shook hands in Brooklyn." <laughs> yeah, like everything is all business. So I see Puffy's side of it, and I see Mesa's side of it. Mason's side, side of it is like you're that 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 you can't you say a, you believe you in black excellence. But you took advantage of a 19 year old kid and you're promoting black excellence, saying we need to stand up to these corporations and companies. So I'm going to take the first step and stand up to you and see how this is going to work. Yeah, but in the same <clears throat> regard, how many people did Mason take advantage of? See, that's the thing. Like, if, if we're gonna if we're gonna start pulling that pulling that pulling on that string, then that dress is gonna fall apart real quick. Well, because Mace, Mace took advantage of some of God's people, so yeah, I mean that exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. If we're gonna start pulling on that string, that dress is about to fall apart real quick because because he sure did like, become oh. a preacher and it was welcome back quick. Bam, <laughs> I mean, we got to talk what's real, right? Mace, like, I mean, I didn't want to say it like that, but that's the truth. We we've got to. Oh. I, I just don't like. I don't. I, I'm not a big fan of saying, "Oh, I'm calling you out for your dishonesty," when I've been dishonest. That makes sense. You know, like, like it's just, it's just like I. I'm a big believer in I control my fate. I control my destiny by my actions. If it goes right, then God bless me, and I made, made some right decisions. If it went wrong. And that means I made some wrong decisions and I got to work on me. If not, I'm not even like you will never see me on social media or anywhere blaming somebody else for something that went bad in my life. Right. Ever, ever. (laughs) I I went through a divorce when I was 23 years old. You will never hear me talk about the bad things my ex-wife did in our marriage. You hear me talk about what I did because of the fact that I, I, I own that. Right. And I think that we, and I'll speak, you know, about us as black people in general, we have a real victim mentality. This happened to me. This happened to me. This happened to us. What is our role in making sure that things are better for us in the future? What are we doing? Because even in, even in, in this situation with Mace, he's saying, oh, well, I did everything I was supposed to do. I brought $2 million to buy, to buy back my, my, my royalties, and you wouldn't give them back to me, you mean person. You don't believe in black people. No, I actually do believe in black people. I also believe in good business. And good business says that if I can make more than $2 million off of something you want to pay me $2 million for, I hold until I hold on to that thing. That is facts. It ain't like Puffy said no. He just said, look, they offered me $10 mil. Bring you bring bring eleven and we got you. <laughs> like, right. like that's 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 the whole thing to me. Like so I don't I don't look at I, that that goes back to my original question. Are we willing to look at black people in the same regard when we talk about business as we do white people? You will go to a black business and you will get bad service at a black business and you will crush that black business and never go back there. You'll go to a, a predominantly Caucasian-owned business, get bad, bad service, and just go to a different one. You don't I, think, all, I mean, you don't honestly, 
I'm literally honestly you have a you have a good point, but I think the thing is we also have to acknowledge that some black businesses really are like shady and 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 terribly run. You know, no, 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 see, 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 that's the difference between supporting and endorsing. Yeah, I can support your business all day. I can say, you know what, go to Rajan's, you know, go to Rajan's restaurant. (laughs) Everything's good. That's support. But if I bring my friends, my coworkers in on my lunch break and we're all eating, that's endorsing the brand. So I can support all day. Supporting doesn't keep the lights on. Yeah, no, but I'm saying, uh, but I do. Is it wrong that I don't want to support Rajan's store? Walmart is better. Like Rajan's store is not even trying to be no. Walmart. It, it's literally trying to give me subpar business, but because but it's black. Though, here's the thing, though. You, without without the endorsement of the community, how do we know he can't get to Walmart's level? He's not trying. He's not so, there for customer so service. What if, what if he's not he's offering. But real products. You gotta you gotta break the layers down. What if he's not trying because he's not making the money? So he's getting frustrated that he's having to come out of his savings but account to not, try to that's keep not, that. But that's not that's not your customer's fault though. Like not, that, not not of that and I, that to that point, and I, I've I've dealt with a lot of businesses, you know, both black owned and otherwise that have had that situation. I will decide not to not to um not to use that that service anymore, but I don't have to go on social media and bash every black owned business because I had a bad experience at that one. Okay, and no, that's, that's facts. I don't. About. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I don't have to go in public and say that. You're right. But as far as the the support, I can't even support you if you if you're not trying. You right. Know, you came into this business world and you know exactly what that is. Well, you should at least. You should have did some research. Absolutely. So when you come into it and you can't you you frustrated and you're down and all. You came into the business world, and you know how business goes. You gotta, you gotta fake it till you make it. Yeah. So, Period. I, 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 so there's a business. There's a business. I'm not gonna use a business's name. Um, that you know, people told me this place has really great food. Um, you should check it out. So you know, I went to the place to check it out. Um, and the sign on the door said they're open till eleven o'clock. I went there at eight thirty. The business was closed. I knocked on the door. Knocked on the door. Knocked on the door. The lady comes to the door and says, "Oh, we ran out of food. Come back tomorrow." <laughs> I mean, no, no, no not, story? not only am I not coming back tomorrow, I will never come back. Is this a real See, story? the thing about that is, the thing about yeah, that is, yeah. somebody's gonna problem. listen to this and they're gonna say, they're gonna say, well, they ran out of food. My thing is, you've ran out of food before, so why not over restaurant? So why not over buy if you know, like, okay, we can't buy this little amount anymore. We got to go up now because people are coming. Goes- that goes with something my dad used to say to me all the time. If you fail to prepare, prepare to fail. Absolutely. <clears throat> okay, so Absolutely. I, get, I get what you're saying. And, so that's um, that's my whole thing there. Like like so so going back to the business aspect, and that's when you talk about puff, when we talk about this puff and may thing, what you're talking about is a business relationship. Right. A business relationship. I don't care. They're once they they're friends, cool. But but once they entered into business, that stuff like you gotta look at it through the lens of business. I have friends who have done things in the name of business that I may not agree with, but I understand from a business sense. Like I get yeah. it. Do I think that's the best thing for you to do if you're my friend? No. But do I understand why business why you decided to do that? Of course, because it makes good sense for business. You're right. 
so when we talk about black excellence, black excellence is black people being able to get the same respect as European people and non-black people for doing work, like for, for the same respect. And when I say respect, that means I don't walk into your business expecting to get a discount because you're also black. Right. I don't walk into your business expecting expecting that you're somehow going to um, some, somehow I get special treatment because I'm black. Because there's no white person that can walk to Walmart and say, hey, I'm white. Can you give me the Snickers for 75% off? Right. That's true. That is very true. Nah, but so I do I do take back my statement about Mace being, you know, I thought that there was boys, but even with, yeah, you, you're making sense because if white people are offering me 10 mil and you're offering me two, that's just not smart. <laughs> no. no. Now, if you came at me with 8.5, maybe. Nah. nah I, will, I will sell your stuff. I, I will sell. You, you give me two million? Well, Apple just offered me $10 million to use your song in a commercial. One. That's true. Yeah, you can keep your money. That's true. Yeah. Because, because again, think about what makes somebody sell their publishing. You don't sell your publishing. You when you sell your publishing, you know what you're doing. You're but saying also, that yeah. for, the, the bottom for all for intents and purposes from now on. You need to like like somebody else owns the rights to your music. You will not make any money off of your music from now until forevermore. And there's a but, very very but, good chance you'll never get that back. But here's the thing, though. Diddy offered to give him his publishing back once he turns fifty. Good for him. Well, that's kind of a that's kind of that's kind of a whole move too, though. How you know I'm gonna make it to fifty? <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, dog! Like life ain't promised. <laughs> but what if he told me that at thirty six? He said he sold. He said he sold his 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 publishing to him when he was nineteen years old. Nineteen. Mace was still hot when he was nineteen, bro. And nineteen, we all know him for twenty for twenty four thousand. That's crazy. Mace was still popping when he was nineteen years old, man. Correct. Let's let's think about what this means, right? This means when Mace was popping, Mace was making millions of dollars for twenty four thousand dollars. He but sold you, his publishing. And he probably bought a chain. But do you remember why he sold his publishing? No. Why? Because he was because he was done he making secular music. And that's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that's is that's pretty stupid. I'm gonna sell this money making machine because it don't represent the God thing. the right you way. You know who hasn't sold his publishing <laughs> yet? Montel Jordan. Kanye. Montel Jordan. Oh, okay. Montel, Montel Jordan. Montel oh, Jordan there's another. Sold his either. And Montel Jordan is actually well, Kanye you know, never sold actually like is talking stuff that he believes. Yeah, like Kurt he's is like not the guy. trying to sell records. Yeah, yeah, you're right. He really did. Which is another. He thing. really did. I think Kanye is talking stuff that he believes too. A lot of people don't believe that, but I do think Kanye's serious. The only thing about Kanye is he went about it the wrong way. He went about it the Mace route, trying to say, like, I'm officially turned over and all that kind of stuff. But you're still walking around here cursing and all this other stuff. And you know, as a follower of Christ or as a person that was raised in church, you know that that's not the way you're Wait supposed to represent yourself. Wait a minute. You cannot sit here. No, no, nah, nah, you can't. You can't say that you're going to release. It. No, no, but you can't say I'm only doing gospel music and I'm only doing stuff towards God. I'm no longer cursing on my records. But when we have regular interviews and conversations, you're still the same nigga. You can't do that. True. That is what makes people think like you're not real. 
if T.D. Jakes is on on stage, God is this, God is that, and then he goes to the breakfast club, he's like, man, yeah. fuck you. you yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. I get it. I get it. Like you, you can't, you can't serve two masters, man. Like you can't do that. that. But I was gonna talk about the Khalees situation, but it's very similar to what Mace was saying about Diddy. Khalees? Yeah, Khalees. All right, so Khalees's first two albums were Star Trek albums, which is yeah. Pharrell and Chad Hugo's label. Yeah. No, she said Trek. that her Chad and Pharrell had a deal where they split everything 33, 33, 33. But it didn't work that way. She said that, you know, they got paid off of this, they got paid off of that, so on and so on and so on, where I was seeing, you know, little next to nothing. And it almost made me quit the music business. And I didn't start getting into everything until I started with my third album, which is when she started collaborating with other producers and seeing how things worked. So it's the same thing. And this is my whole thing on the whole Khalees situation. Did you read your paperwork? Was everything split as said? And this is why Chad and Pharrell should have gotten more. Not only did they put it out on their label. All right. They executive produced every, well, they produced every song and they were the executive producers on the CD. Right. So not only are you getting label money, you're getting money as the executive producer. So whatever the CD sells, yes, you're going to split that 33, 33, 33, because that's what the deal was. Right. But with you being on a technical side as well, you're going to receive more money. So they did give her a portion of what they thought she deserved. But as me being the executive producer of the label, of your album, and being producers of these beats, we deserve a bigger piece of fish to fry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. And that's the way I saw it, but she saw 33, 33, 33, and they did this unfair. Like, it's another story that you guys got to look up. Well, I feel like that's more of a, uh, an ignorant type of thing. Like, you just don't know. She just didn't know how the, how to, how that worked. You know, you said that you read all the paperwork and stuff. A lot of these people, sports, you know, any artist, whether it's sports, music, whatever, you know, a lot of people, they don't understand that business aspect and the contract that they're signing. So that's just probably ignorance on her part. She just didn't know. Okay. So. But um, <laughs> like I said, guys, this show is ran a little over an hour, so I'm going to actually bring it to a close, if that's okay with y'all. That works. What if we said, what if we said no? Well, if you uh, said no, I'm still going to cut it. I'm still going to cut it. That's my way of saying I'm ending the show. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, word, boys word. and girls, thank you for another great episode of Digging Two Guns News and Views. I am Digger Jones. I'm going to let my guests do their closing statements, starting with Rajan since he was here first. Yo, so um, yeah, man, um, thanks for having me on. Always a pleasure, you know, conversating. Jack, it was definitely a pleasure uh, getting it in with you, man. We got to do this again. Um, I guess I, I really want to close, you know, sort of what we started. Um, you know, Kobe, Kobe Bryant, um, you know, passed. Um, and it, it's tragic, but I, I think it, it'd be even more tra- tragic if the stuff that we're doing on social media to try to highlight the things that it was like talking about the lessons that he taught that, that you know, the, that they learned from him. If we don't implement any of those things into our life and to make us better people, then it was all for nothing. So I, I hope that, you know, whatever you're doing, whatever wave you decide to hop on today, I hope it makes you a better person. I hope it makes, it makes you 
a better um, product of, you know, whatever raised you and whatever person you're trying to be. Um, just seek your better self, try to be a better person, and, and, and you know, and, and everything will be all right. Check me out on, um, on Real Talk with Rajan. You can go to my website, www.realtalkwithrajan.com. You can also find me anywhere you can find podcasts or uh, Facebook as well as YouTube. Thank you, and God bless. Always, always. X-Jack, you're up next. Or you can say nothing. That's cool. <laughs> Is he gone? Uh, it says he's still connected. So It says he's connected. So I'll go ahead and do my closing statements. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, thank you guys for listening to another show. Like I said, this one ran. Oh, he's gone now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This one ran over an hour. So I appreciate you guys for listening. One thing that me and Two Guns started during the holidays is health is wealth. Make sure that you're getting your regular checkups. Make sure that, you know, you guys are taking care of yourself. And if you know somebody in a situation where they feel like they can't talk to anybody, please be the person to talk to them. We understand that situational depression and situational suicide are on the rise. So you don't know if just saying hi to somebody or just saying, hey, are you good? just made somebody's day and that's one yeah. thing that i want to go ahead and you know carry on we started that during the holidays and i feel good every time i say that because hey, I'm the guy. Ariana I'm... Needs you. okay tell her i'm almost done i promise uh okay yeah tell her i'm almost he's, done I promise. he's closing but it's just one of those things that i started during the holidays and i feel good about it i feel good texting you Every once in a while, just saying, hey, it's been a while since I heard from you. Are you good? Or you crossed my mind. Maybe yeah, that just saved somebody's life. And yeah, man. as Rajan would say, that's real talk with Rajan, right? That's real talk. Yes, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, y'all have a good night and God bless. God bless.